Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to this film TV review special. Joining us is a few regulars, and Andrina is a bit of a tricky herself. We'll be talking today about Picard, which has come to the end of its uh, run after three seasons, um, taking up or revisiting original characters from The Next Generation, which was uh, quite a successful follow-up to the original series of Star Trek, and great piece of television during its day and then I think this season Picard obviously the namesake John Luke Picard just following him in later years and the adventures that he went on to so um we'll begin so Andrina joined by Andrina George uh Andrina works also sometimes a producer and quite a few projects under work and also I think you were involved in writing the BAFTA shorts nominee uh, Wayfinder um, um yes it, yeah. <laughs> so but you are a tricky today you're going to talk I'm about tr- that so you did your a little bit of binge and you probably caught up at least with this season uh of and the final season which is very tng vibes on it what what was your thoughts and maybe a bit of a background about star trek what you loved or what seasons are your highlight or what, okay where, where so i mean I mean, I'm a trekkie every day, just oh, to okay. point that out. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure then. Full disclosure. You know what I mean? I'm a, a trekkie every day. I actually watch Star Trek like all the time. Like I absolutely love it um, because of, you know, kind of start, where, what start, what kind of, not exactly the mission of Star Trek, but it's kind of, it, it's kind of feel good. It's got a lot of really wise things that it says within the episode and it's all about acceptance of all the different species and learning from diff- diff- different species, which I think TNG did really well. So 
my favorite Star Trek is actually Voyager, as um, you know, Jason knows. Yeah, However, know. with Picard, I mean, I started Picard when obviously Picard first came out. I was like, oh my god, Picard, Picard, because I think he's he's one of the better captains, you know. Um, and I'm going to say something controversial here, but here we go, because with um, you know the original series, her for me was not the captain he just kept running off the, off the ship and basically like Scotty was running that show but Picard <laughs> stayed with his ship yeah you know he was a true captain I mean obviously you know my favorite captain is Janeway because she had that mixture off Picard and also that kind of like daredevil situation and Cisco was a bit more political but also you know he became a captain much later anyway but still very good so um Going on to um, Picard season three, what I thought was beautiful about it was in the very beginning of TNG, it was about, um, you know, one of the things that Picard said to Riker when he first kind of hired him was not hired him, but, you know, took him on was kind of like, you know what? Yeah. Keep the kids away from me. I don't like kids. Yeah. And what I thought was beautiful about, you know, season three of Picard was it was all about that basically turning around almost, you know, and him accepting children and realising that that whole fear in the beginning of being a potentially a bad father was just not warranted. Um, so there was that. But also it was just amazing to see all the old cast and how they brought everybody in and how we got to see how their lives have progressed. Um, and it just had like the music was amazing. So when you just like, you know, when you heard the music playing at those key moments, it was just like, oh, my God. When you were in season four and you were kind of expect, you know, episode four, you're kind of expecting them to kind of all come together. And, you know, Riker got captured and you were just in it you know, from the beginning, you know. However, at the same time, while we saw all these amazing characters that were in um, TNG, there was all the characters that were missing that you were like, oh, but why didn't we see that person? Why didn't we see? And I'm sure it was more to do with the real world than, you know, um, Star Trek, but it was still quite noticeable. Um, I thought the ending was really beautiful, really sweet. And I felt like, you know, we actually learned some lessons, you know? Um, and yeah. So that's basically uh, my original, my, my, my first opinion of the show. I kind of, yeah, I agree. I it was, it was quite a feat to uh, have all the cast. I think Twitter, you had basically most of the TNG cast except Wesley Crusher. Thank God. No, but he was in. Um, actually, he, I think he appeared in the season two. You know, kind of like fair enough. But it, it's it's um, it did remind me watching this season, uh, season three, which could I can say you can almost watch by itself. I mean, seasons one and two it's very much i think patrick stewart said he he doesn't want to be in uniform he wants to be he doesn't want to revisit star trek really but it, it seems things are more coalesced where it was a natural gravitating towards this you know tng cars coming back it it did remind me just beginning this season that it was a lot of hints to even the movies it felt like oh is this going to be like the work of khan in space because you basically got uh, a, a ship and a kind of a mobile overpowered other um, spacecraft, and it's almost like dueling in space in a nebula. And you're thinking, oh, well, the production values are nice, but you're thinking, oh, well, we already have the Wrath of Khan, but it is, it, it then kind of dovetailed into almost like a track, a classic Star Trek episode where they're kind of trapped in this nebula, but they have to actually think about how do you get out of it, and you have to 
think it through, look at the pattern, what's happening, and and then you find out it's kind of like a the witnessing a, a birth of a new life. And it it, it reminds me very much of a TNG episode where they're kind of like solving a coming to the solving a, a problem. All the de- department heads are going around a table and just trying to figure this out. Not not guns blazing or which which you had at the beginning, which which is fine, but it, then it became, you know, this is the show that harks back to those uh, you know those that seven year run, which was great, and um a, a great a great villain I think I think Amanda Plummer, starring as I think as one of the secondary villains is basically the the changelings, which a great. I mean, she, I think she was having a whale of a time there as a captain of a ship, as he as an arch nemesis on on that ship anyway. And so it was, uh, she, and she's a good actress herself. More, more indie work she does, but she she was having a no time. But these um, characters were, everyone had their little moment. You even had a return in some way of Data and Geordie. and but also um, with a franchise like this, you know, how do you? introduce if you want a new generation and they kind of weaved it in very well i think Jordy's daughter vicky's real life daughter playing that role and picard's son as you said uh yeah for him it, it, it was harks back to or oh, you know um starfleet is my is my family and i don't need any more but it's like hey this is very much i realize that you know i i what i missed and this this is what i you know some good acting by but Patrick Stewart this because sometimes in those previous uh, seasons he's a bit shaky I mean obviously he's 80 something and you're thinking oof is he going to get to the end of the scene because you, you're almost fearful thinking oh my god Stewart just take it easy but some great acting here and really the full I think towards that final episode with the last two it's like he's got that gravitas back and you know when he's on board the ship it's like oh yeah he's got this second gust of wind uh, um, pretty good of course, the Borg returned in this, which was, you know, I mean, spoilers, but um, at the end, it's this big arc, I guess, with him. So it's it, it had to be him, really. It had to be the Borg. But you feel like, oh, you know, we'll do this again. But I, I guess it had to be. But I got to say, I, I, for what, I think Terry Tallis wrote this, who's the showrunner originally, but solely writing and directing some of these episodes. He definitely knows the character, how to treat legacy characters, and how to introduce some really new characters. And that is a great way of of treating a, a legacy franchise like this. So I think it's been warmly received across the board. Um, did you appreciate the kind of, you had seven and nine, obviously, in this as well. Um, so favorite from Voyager. So you, you, you were pretty much excited by that. You, what did you think, Andrina, of uh, season two and season one because I thought some of those were terrible quite honestly I I think that just coming back to what you were saying what I think thought was actually really good was actually it did start the next the the next generation the next exploration series because to be honest obviously Star Trek has pretty much although I enjoyed um the um the one with um the quantum leap guy I I understand why that wasn't as successful you know but um with the with the way they ended it and also with Star Trek, you know, the kind of the crash that was also Star Trek Discovery, with the way they ended it, you could see that becoming the new Star Trek that would actually work for the fans, basically. You know, it's got Seven of Nine on it, who is that kind of 
risky captain that's going to trust her instinct. And it's got Rafi, who has been an amazing um, character in the Picard season, even though the Picard wasn't as good, like, you know, season one and season two, she was an amazing character, really immediately well-liked, immediately well-loved, flawed, but with such a great heart. Um, and I think also the start that the, the, um, the Starfleet thing kind of came around because, you know, in the beginning of, of season one of Picard, Starfleet was definitely the enemy, the terrible people doing, you know, making all the wrong calls and not sticking by what they stood for. But definitely with Picard almost changing his mind and supporting Starfleet, it, it took you down that road of, you know, being a supporter and understanding why they are, you know, as big as they are and, and, and that kind of stuff. But then I think, as we've always noticed, if Star Trek, I mean, although the Federation is amazing, they are still an empire, you know, and, you know, <laughs> we should never, ever forget that they're still an empire. They're still conquering. They're still they're still kind of doing that, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there was another thought I, I was having, which has completely escaped me now. So I'm going to hopefully let Andrew speak and give us his opinion of the of the show. Yes, Andrew. What did you think of Picard? You've seen all three seasons, so what did you think? Right. Uh, okay. Well, there's a lot to take in. Uh, yeah. It's a whole big, 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 big franchise. Yeah. Um, and there's actually more on the way as far as the franchise goes. But uh, as far as just season three, uh, just going some stuff that's already been touched on today, and other people have brought it out in other groups and other times. I think in this group. Um, and as that season three kind of feels almost like its own thing. I mean, it does not back to things from the first two seasons uh, with regards to data and uh, other little things here. But uh, aside from, I guess, I guess Rafi, you don't have as many of the regular Picard characters just from this show yeah. uh, coming back this year. Uh, and there's reasons for that in universe. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for, because one of the characters, he's, you know, the, he explained what happens to him at the end of season two, so there's no reason for him to be here. Uh, but on the other hand, it's sort of like one of the questions is because there's uh, the character played by Allison Pill, there's something that happens to her at the end of season two, and it's like, well, why doesn't she factor into the events of season three, especially given what happens in season three? You know, it would make sense for her to show up and do something but she doesn't um uh, and uh and then there was a character of elnor the, the romulan yeah it was like he, he, di he died off screen i think he was on excelsior and then uh, which the, he's in the lift i think and of course the uh the borg attack and so for the new way of assimilating and they i think that he's on board the excelsior and then that on you can follow the map and then it kind of like vanishes it it's just destroyed so oh okay yeah i know that happens to the excelsior but do they explain what happens to him specifically i mean is that something because i don't remember that being explained no i, I just they... yeah because you'd uh, think like rafi of all people would say something given that she was really close to him you know because a colleague and, and just like what happened to him you know was, but yeah mention. was she oh but was i don't picard that's why picard said switch it off switch it off i guess that would explain that but rafi wasn't she busy doing Tai Chi with Wolf or something? Maybe she, maybe no one had actually told her. Yeah, you. like I said, it, it just feels like a little <laughs> bit like its own almost thing. That, it's like, that's I wouldn't true. call it a reboot, yeah. but it's, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. They did, they did that a lot where they basically mentioned a lot of people off camera yeah. and 
actually, I thought that was a really bad idea. It's like when they, at the end, they were like, oh, Guinan's given a side eye. And you're just thinking, well, where's Guinan? Mm. You know, um, Captain Janeway, well, where's Janeway? Do you know what I mean? And there was certain, like, even like, you know, obviously they brought in the kids and stuff. They brought, you know, um, LaForge's kids. But we also know about Paris and, and, and Balala's kid. You know, there's and even then, even not even Paris and Balana's kid. What about Rai Candiana's kid? Where is your daughter while you guys are oh. running off on some kind of holiday? She well, in some young. cases, in some cases, I think it's a budget thing. Like, uh, I guess, like to yeah. bring back Whoopi Goldberg and to bring back. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much it would cost to bring back Kate Mulgrew, uh, but uh, I mean, she's on Star Trek uh, Prodigy. I guess her voice, but that's said in the past. From this perspective case, if that is the case yeah then don't mention her you didn't have to mention her but you've mentioned her to give us that kind of oh my god let's think about her and then you don't show her face so that just makes you think well what it may it basically takes you out of the series because and it brings you into the real world because the reasons behind it are real world reasons it's not because you know Guinan is not available it's because Bobby Goldberg's not available do you know what I mean so I just think that Chitty, so, you know, certainly, just yeah. I think Guinan was because she, she was quite close counsel to. Yeah, she was on season two Con. quite a bit. Yeah, she, she was. She was on season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and they could have done their part. I mean, quite, quite heavily because they. So they've been uh, paid their dues, definitely. But uh, so I mean, you got I mean, it was ten episodes, but it kind of packed in a lot. I mean, you, you got basically two villains almost, and then uh, and even the Borg. It, well, yeah, well, even I mean, we'll go spoilers, but even the Borg at the end, it's not limited to uh, the, the Queen. I mean, Alistair, Alice, Queen, uh, yeah, whose because voice, the I other actress uh, passed away. Yeah, in the series, but she she voiced it, and I think the stand the in the in the suit or you know in the decayed form is. Is the stunt woman who played both characters? So, but but it, it works well. But it, it's very um, um, they were just limited to basically the last two episodes. I mean, it's like oh, the Borg, it's the Borg, and they oh okay, well you've got one episode just to sort them out, which is just fair enough. As in they make their appearance, so um, they had they had to pack in a lot. So considering that, maybe that's why you have so many, you know, off-screen mentions. Um, well, I'm not bothered by that as much because i've seen in other shows where it's like yeah. what happened to so-and-so they're off you know so that uh, yeah, doesn't bother me, bother me. No. it's just the idea that there are certain characters who are like regulars on this show who are like and i guess maybe eleanor's like the most obvious one like whatever happened to him other than like i don't remember him being mentioned i mean you mentioned the excelsior but not him i mean maybe i missed I, something i think i think in season two i was just because i was watching online they said they mentioned because these questions come up and they said oh i think he's been Posting the Excelsior, and then you see kick off screen. But uh, but again, yeah, no one bothered to tell Rafi. I think they were waiting until the mission ended. Then they're like, oh, by the way, we're just gonna mention the But there's and actually then, another character I was going to ask about. But no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I was going to ask what, what happened to Laris. Is that her name? Is that the um? Which one is she? Romulan. Oh, the Romulan. Oh, the Romulan um, who, uh, oh yeah. Well, like, like, well, I mean, this is what yeah, I'm yeah. asking about. Well, he was like, busy. Ooh, what? Ooh, yeah. He was busy playing poker at the end, obviously, cashing up with yeah, friends. Yeah, that, that's not really a, a reason. <laughs> I don't know how like, long that oh, game was. Yeah, but a really but you good poker game. Yeah. Yeah, but which is a good way how they ended it compared, you know, with the original uh, 
series around the, the like all good things yeah yeah like all good things but but you mentioned before the in the season two it was uh, one of the crew but became basically this borg borg queen who was part of the federation or asking for it so so where is she that, that that's the really strange thing it's not even mentioned so in season two um and you saw it in season two um Andrina, didn't you no, I just saw I, saw I saw a bit of season one. I haven't actually seen season two, so well, that's where you'll I'm get your seeing... your 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 whoopee go but Don't worry, and but you'll get this yeah. um you'll get this uh character who's part of their. It's almost like a bit like they go back in time. It, it reminds me a bit of like the boy home almost that that season. But it kind of like it's Picard and his crew. But one of the crew, um, again, it's the Borg, make their kind of make their selves known again by a bit of a timey-wimey trying to get, you know, uh, I think they come across an old Borg queen and then she infects this this character and then this character then at the end turns out to help them in the end. So yeah, but then where was and, she? And then and the continuum was involved. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. But then where was she? she I mean... That's what I was asking about what happened to Al-Zirati. And she wasn't even mentioned. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I think... I think- I think actually this particular season was not Picard. This was Voyager. Um, sorry, this was the new generation. TNT, and I think yes. you know, I think what happened when Picard first started, we thought it was new generation and it wasn't. It was a completely different thing. And I think obviously that didn't work. So they've now gone back to what they sh- kind of sh- probably should have done in the first instance. But then also we kind of have to ask the question, did that Borg thing work? Because I just thought to myself, well, we've done, you know, can we not get a new enemy aside from the because we did Borg in Voyager? We've done um, Borg in, like, Picard in the beginning. We, we did Borg in, in the new generation as well, you know. And also, the Borg seem to have completely changed. Like, I mean, how can the Borg, who have always been about a simulation, yeah, that is their, their mission, assimilate everyone, become part of the collective, you know, resistance is futile. And all of a sudden, we're talking about what? Like, basically, uh, adaptation um, what's it called? And- I'm guessing yeah, it's a combination of what happened. Basically, like having yeah. a child almost they're talking about. And I just think, no. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I think it's a combination of what happened in the final episode of Voyager combined with maybe their experience with the Dominion and they just changed tactics, I guess. On them. That's a little... those, are, those are different books. Okay. I mean, don't like that. There are many different types of books out here because those are um, Delta Quadrant um, books. Yeah. Um, that Janeway essentially destroyed. But right. actually, there's a lo- there's another load of Borg that Q introduced into the Alpha Quadrant in the very beginning of TNG because it's Q that caused all of this, and that's another thing. Is go on. Well, I thought I thought it I thought it's just in uh, TNG that he just sent the Enterprise to a different part of space and then sent them back. I didn't I didn't yeah. think it was necessarily that he was they actually were doing, in the Alpha doing them a favor. Yeah, he snapped his fingers and then yeah. But he alerted the Borg to their presence. That's what Q. That's what Q did because the Borg weren't aware of the Federation and all that stuff before. But when he did that, he is the one that created the Borg problem for the Alpha Quadrant. All those, you know, that that that, that those kind of years ago. That I guess that's, that's how I saw it. I don't know anyone else saw it. Yeah, I think they're like seven thousand light years ahead or whatever. Then yeah, brought them back. But it kind of like they would have. I guess maybe uh, he brought things forward to schedule a thing, but it would have happened eventually. But then I guess he was just saying, he was testing the arrogance of 
humanity at that time, saying, you know, we're we can deal with, we don't need your help, we can deal, we're very well trained, this is what we do, and then Q says, well, you know, you really don't know how dangerous it is out there, in fact, let me show you, and then, and then he brought them back, but he, yeah, he did, he did set that emotion, probably faster than they should have met, or, you know, in humans' development, but, um, yeah, he, he kick-started off that, just faster than it should have, should have ever happened, I guess, um, but yeah, so you're saying, so that was the Alpha Quadrant Borg, but the Borg Queen we saw in First Contact uh, is the same. The same, same actress, yeah. It's the same speak. faction. Yeah, it's well, like also, don't forget they have trans warp conduits so they can travel back and forth. Yeah. They did do that, didn't they? I think there's that one episode. Which one is it that they, they traveled back to try to kill um, whoever it was that I don't know. If they, it was the first that Contact, that was a movie. That was it, yeah. Yeah, first yeah, that's from yeah. Yeah. So, so then, um, so this, so I assume that um, the Borg that we meet are actually, and the Queen you see, she's seems to be her, she's consuming her own collective because they've been infected by the virus that Janeway is. The ultimate actually, Janeway, yeah, yeah, yeah the one who uh, caused them to be in this state. So this is why they've had to adapt, you know, uh, to um, change their philosophy a bit and. So, so this is that, is that, is that, is that, is, is that realistic here yeah? for a group of people who have spent, you know, God knows how many thousands of years, whatever, basically saying that you need to adapt to us. And then all of a sudden things go a bit, bit shit. And it went a bit shit with, with species 8471, didn't it? Because we say we're about to wipe their asses Kick out. Them, yes. <laughs> And they still did not change their ethos. Now they've had a little bit of a bad bump, yeah? Bearing in mind with all the different species they've assimilated, and suddenly they're completely changing well, everything. Like, a, does that theory, make sense to anyone? Is it, is it, is it just it, me? It, well, I think there was a theory that uh, it was... It was um, they were always, you know, um, in the original series, they were always just interested in the technology. So they weren't interested in, in you or people. They weren't interested... In your technology, but it's when they couldn't get answers from the technology because what had happened, they they'd been traveling at the nine point six or whatever, but how somehow they traveled seven thousand light years in the future, and then they bounced back again, and they were wondering, well, we don't understand from looking at your technology that doesn't work, so we're going to have to dig in deeper, and I think that was the first time. Well, I don't know the first time, but probably that's why they started. Um, Oh, consuming Borg, you know, consuming people, turning people into, you know, doing a deep dive into people. But now I'm thinking about it, they had Borg on board in the first place. So they were, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, no. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's getting like mind blowing, especially when you consider that they were kind of using like a Borg type of technology on the Starfleet uh, vessels, just how they got into trouble. In, in this whole uh, third season, but uh, but yeah, so don't they study the biology as well? Or they were simulating. Yeah, you're right, they were simulating. They weren't really bothering to understand. But then, I guess this is a bit of a conundrum because they didn't know they were getting help. Cue that we we'd better start changing how we do things because once twice they seem to have evaded us, and we better look into their biology and maybe adapting by. A not only technology but biology and not just assimilating but rather adapting and maybe that's their fruit none of this is said in the series 
that this is just theories that are coming from outside because they've always adapted biology and it, they are a combination of biology and technology that is what the Borg is you know yeah. um kind of going over to that like even the changeling thing I mean I'm not going to go into the fact that Odo wasn't there I'm going to let that go keep it moving okay yeah because yeah, yeah. obviously we presume Odo is still part of the Great Ling but then yeah. even that stuff yeah I mean to be fair I loved the fact that she took on you know the form of her her torturer and they evolved to be able to you know you know I guess recreate themselves in a more perfect way and recreate the insides and stuff like that and everything but then again I did think to myself you know I'm sure when um Odo was first you know a little changeling baby the way they got Odo to 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 kind of react and start to become an intelligent that knew that he was intelligent life was through essentially torture because that's what happened so I didn't realize and so to be fair, actually, they because I was thinking to myself, oh, I didn't realise you guys could feel so much pain in that gelatical state. But actually, Odo did say that that's what um, his scientists did to him. It was all about that, wasn't it? Causing him pain and all the other stuff. Um, did you think that that worked? That the the changeling, you know, as the as the villains worked? How did well, you guys I, feel I, about it? it, it was, I found them a bit more interesting than the Borg game because like where well, we know what we're dealing with and somehow well, we beat them so many times before it's kind of I found it the more interesting motives because and then who she was talking to was the hand which obviously was the Borg but it it, it seemed like well this is a quite a powerful very intelligent very adaptable um uh villain and it's a new one and it seemed like a good threat so and I I, I know there were a small fraction of you know that um a more peaceful kind of like the, the link or the kind of changeling you know a group but um i i liked it but then it's, it's kind of like oh you don't know who to trust it's always this old trope of oh who's the real changeling on it kind of you know kind of it's very we've seen that many times before but i i think they could have developed it as in not wipe them out and them not just working well they're working with the ball they're in their, their own thing it's just that their their motives are aligned but I, I like them I did actually like them the only thing that, that struck me is that they're very retro in their Starfleet like equipment like squeaky trolleys with wheels still I think huh okay we're going very old school with, with Starfleet or Starfleet cutbacks but I I um I like them I, I actually did did like them. they were fresh and seemed like a threat um uh but i guess if it's picard's legacy yeah we, i guess you have to have borg there was you kind of despite them being used over and over again and they're not as fearful and even during the show you, you kind of like you met hugh and even in season two you actually there's a lot of borg you know they're actually studying borg there's a cube there they stuff like that they're looking at it so it's it's kind of like they're not as fearsome as you think but uh, the Queen, I thought the design was very, really good. Very much H.R. Geiger tones to it. I kind of liked, um, you know, she seemed threatened and desperate enough at that point. She wasn't herself, almost. She was like a desperate uh, queen of her brood. Uh, so, But the but, Dominion, uh, I guess what the really thing is, is that it could be anyone at any time. And you even see that yes. here. So they have a lot of potential of, like, who's changeling and who's the real deal and especially with the idea that they can now uh, because of ex experimentation by section 31 or whatever uh they can now replicate you know thanks for uh it's like was a nice job uh, breaking it 
hero, whatever. Uh, now, thanks to that, the chain, changelings can now replicate uh, human or whatever uh, actual organs. Yeah. Which, which, and they, it's harder to tell who's a changeling and who's not. And that's a lot of paranoia fuel. There's a lot that can be done with that. And here it seems like they almost kind of, because of constraints of time, just kind of hand waved it as like, oh, Dr. Crusher found a way to kind of tell who's real yeah. and who's not. So. And that, don't you just think they were just too easy to kill? Because before you couldn't just phase or change it like that. Do you know what I mean? But now all of a sudden they're just killing, cha- like just one shot and the changing gone. It's like, which is a bit of a what? shame. Yeah. Like Andrew said, it's I think he's thing. like, well, I don't think they were that easy to kill. I mean, it, sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. But but don't forget Maybe that the Dominion it. had the Jem Hadar and the Vorta and all that, and you didn't see that this time around. They don't address what happened to the rest of them, or even the worlds that the Dominion conquered. It's just sort of like changelings. But what about the worlds that the Dominion conquered or all that stuff? To be- but to be fair, that is, that is in a different galaxy. We're not seeing what's happening in the Delta Quadrant. They were in whatever like what's that they, they're, in a, they're in a slightly different galaxy because remember at that point they we like were the traveling gamma? into the gamma the, yeah the gamma quadrant exactly they were in the, the gamma quadrant we were traveling into the gamma quadrant through the wormhole and so i'm sure oh, they're yeah. still conquering the gamma quadrant the only, the only reason they came here was because we were we alerted them to our presence when cisco went over there when that whole wormhole thing was created um but even then they were like I remember when when the changelings were you know it was one because they because they, they couldn't bring all those changelings over because Cisco put those mines in so there was right. only a couple of changings in the Alpha Quadrant right and it's only and basically one changeling to kill one changeling would take the whole of the episode because they had to you know they couldn't just shoot them I think there was something that destabilized them or something like that and this one it was just bam and then they're just blowing up. And I just thought, well, they're, I think it was a big bad. It, it was impressive leading up to that point when he says, well, how many do you think there are of us? Just like only four, yeah. And there's only four, you're thinking, anything, huh? That is... That could be like anyone at any time. Yeah, so a formidable. It's just four of us. It just took four of us to take down, basically, put the Federation on its knees. Well, that, that's more paranoia fuel. Like, it could be anyone. Oh, oh sure. Trust they're very arrogant when they'll say... It's more psychological than any kind of physical but, but it's hard to kind of like pin down who you know that big sort of like a big cube that you can blow up every season or something like that it is a um which yeah i don't think they should have dispensed with so easily they should have been like put into some containment and then but you know it's the, it's the next big bad that you can have for your next generation I mean, we've we've you know we've basically you must feel sorry for the borg every time they turn up thinking, oh, Oh my goodness! How are they going to meet their demise this time? Even in an you know, I, so you... I, 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 I think since Voyager, you feel a lot more sorry for the Borg because yeah. Vo- I mean, Janeway destroyed the, the, she the Borg. To- like she, she like, yeah. and any kind of like Janeway just like there was no more respect for the Borg after Janeway. To be fair, no, no, so she... yeah. But then, but then also the other thing which I thought was, you know, I, I understand the continuous blame for Picard. Over being over the Lucutio's, you know, you know the situation about killing the eleven thousand. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, but he was bald. Like it's not like he had a choice, and everyone just, you know, you know. I just think that that they keep repeating that, and then, but no one's saying anything to Seven of Nine, and it's like, well, we know what's <laughs> like Seven of Nine is killed a lot of people as well. Like she's not and the same. The same thing I actually found interesting about like basically Data and Picard essentially being the same now. You know, they're both, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're both but simple, not, yeah. 
it yeah. seemed to want to gloss over that because I was thinking it was very moving. Oh my god, he's not Picard. He's I know he's, he's basically another automaton, <laughs> and you think, and I had to forget that, and I think you had to join three. Oh, I miss my friends. You know, he's you and you don't even you weren't on the same adventures. You were you were just someone who you're you're a rep, you're a Pinocchio. You you weren't on our adventures. He died, and so it, you had to forget that just for these moments to land because there was a lot of um, scenes where a lot of uh, close-ups were saying it's been an honor serving with you and or you know Riker saying you know Diana I'm going on board and you're thinking oh, okay this he's gonna bite it or they're not gonna make it back oh god Wolf's not gonna make it. a good day to dine and you're thinking oh my god who, who's gonna who's gonna bite the bullet none of them did but for that to land and with Picard you know it's it's you had to forget that, you know, you actually died already, you know. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't have that feeling. I mean, and and it, it made his death really worthless because it was kind of like <laughs> they're now telling him, actually, you didn't really need to die. You didn't have that condition. That was a complete waste. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what I thought was quite hilarious was Shaw, because like the second Shaw came oh, in, sure. I was like, you're dispensable. You're going to die. When are you going to die? To be fair, he lasted a long time, you know. Yeah, and he's like, a major character this year, yeah, but he, just not major enough. He he grew a lot on me, quite honestly. He kind of like that kind of that's as in put the pin in, you know, like ah, well, here we well, we're not on a ship where we're going to be blowing up the enterprise every five minutes, and it's almost like well, you know, uh, the good old days. And he and a, a lot of a lot of um kind of accountability for, for the actions, which you can almost throw at, which I used to throw at the original crew, saying, you know, all your time travel shenanigans. But they were throwing it at this crew. And Shaw was that kind of like, because he'd lost, obviously, a lot of his crew at Wharf 359 or wherever it was, that battle. And it kind of, it was it was a good emotional, he's a good actor. I think credit to him to make this side character such a, a watchable yes. whenever he's on. Yep. Um, well, he's yeah. a good actor, uh, Todd. Yeah, Spassner. he's a good actor. Okay. He was also yeah, he on was. Uh, Twelve Monkeys, the t- well, the TV series version of that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's actually... another guy from Twelve Monkeys as well. I don't know if you guys noticed one oh, of the other Kirk bad Ostinato. guys. Yeah, he yeah, I love that guy. Love that guy. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff. So it's interesting mm. that those two actors were working together again. He, I mean, they didn't share scenes together, but but it's also interesting because Todd Stashwick's character in Twelve Monkeys was also kind of like someone who started out as kind of like, you know, I someone mean, who was kind of like. I mean, even more so, like someone's a baddie or you know, jerk or whatever. And then you kind of came to kind of appreciate him more. And then, you know, here it was even more so because he's like, you know, he's trying to be an effective captain, but he's coming across as a jerk and all that. But there's like reason for it. And you're like, oh, people are taking the ship away from him. But then you really kind of like, yeah, yeah, I really feel for this guy, you know. Yeah, he was kind of a jerk, but you know, I kind of come around and you know, you kind of hope that he's going to turn out okay, but if you know, someone has to die, and it's not going to be, you know, any of the main main. Uh, exactly, exactly. They did a good job, but they did a good job even when they killed um, the Bajoran girl. It was just like you, oh, you, yeah. you, bro, you really felt it, and I was just like, oh, I'm not. I knew she was going to die immediately. Obviously, she was dead. Yeah. But still, he didn't notice. Another thing which I thought was quite interesting was I was looking at it and I was thinking about the incestuous relationship of TNG. Is that Wolf has been with Diana and Riker yeah. has been with Diana, 
Um, and then obviously Picard has obviously been with Beverly, Crusher, just like yeah. an ongoing Crusher. little situation there. Um, yeah, I just thought that, and you know, obviously um, Seven of Nine and you know um, Rafi and stuff. I just thought. No, they didn't really play on it, but there was quite a lot of, I don't know, I, I, they could have played on those kind of, the history of that situation, if that makes sense, you know. Just, um, just yeah, well, I, 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 I did like that Beverly Crusher was given a lot more to do, which she hasn't been in the film. She's been just basically at the side in the movies, but it was more like, hey, you know, you can realise how smart she is. And, and of course, it's a bit more of their relationship. It was kind of hinted at towards the end and say, you know, oh, there was a, you know, we, we tried to be a couple, but we just, it didn't work. But then, then they had a kid, I guess, with a bit of shore leave, maybe at the end of, I don't know, Star Trek then, Nemesis or whatever. Then, Picard was even old when he was in TNG. So it was a bit like, really? Well, I'm right? sure he did his, his press-ups in the morning and then, he, <laughs> you know, he, he got some bigger, you know, you know, Getting on an archaeological expedition, he finds he's, he's firing his belly again, I guess. He, um, but yeah, he managed to have another uh, uh, thing. But it was good that she was given a bit more substantial kind of acting to do, which, which, and, and she's a good actress in it. I mean, she's very much a, a solid player. But instead of just the ship's doctor and then, oh, this patient. Right. And that was the whole thing uh, back when the show was on. It was like she kind of left after for a season because it was just an uncomfortable work situation for her and she wasn't really given much much yeah. to do. And they replaced her with a different character, uh, Dr. Pulaski. Pulaski yeah. But yeah. that didn't work out well. I mean, that's all the reasons. And they brought her back. And, yeah. So it's nice to see her doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought her and Deanna's kind of friendship and stuff um, as, as the only kind of, I guess, two key women. Obviously, there was um, the the security chief a bit and then obviously Tasha, she, yeah. Um, Tasha, she passed, yeah, Tasha, but then obviously Tasha passed away. So they I think they they made quite a lot of their friendship and their, their woman time and stuff. So I, I never really felt like she was sidelined, like sidelined too much because... Um, there was always these kind of key moments between her and Diana. There was all these kind of love romances that them two had, and you know that kind of stuff. So I, I was felt that she was quite quite central, and also they always had that tension between her and Picard. Um, you know, so yeah, which which also was another thing which was quite nice to see that they eventually did get together. And they created something beautiful, and I, and I quite like the fact that I don't know if anyone else noticed. It's like the recklessness, like. The, the whole Picard recklessness thing was something that kind of Q brought to his attention when it was like, if you weren't a reckless guy, you wouldn't have made it to captain. Um, and they were kind of talking about that. And that actually reminds me of the original series because that's something they were always saying about Kirk and his crew and like the chances they used to take and the recklessness and all the other stuff. And so they really brought that into it because I didn't I didn't really see Picard so much as a reckless captain right. because he actually yeah. was... Yeah, exactly. But they were really playing on that. And I just thought they were really trying to give a nod to the original series because that was a very key thing for the original series, you know, was that Perk was, you know, crazy kind of situation. So yeah. I, I thought that was quite... I guess because he hasn't got... Yeah, he hasn't got his... Especially in seasons one or two, he doesn't have his... He's not in charge of a big starship anymore, but he's kind of going off. Uh, on his own emissions to whatever happens, so he could he could be a bit more reckless in the in the in the show. In the series, he was very 
very sensible. I know he wanted to go off a lot more, but as it went on, yeah, he wanted to. But it was very much as it, it kind of drew a line in the sand of we are not Kirk, we're not, uh, well, I'm not Kirk, I will say, I'll do the responsible thing, and which was a good... He played by the rules, like, he was very much, this is Starfleet thingy, this is what we do, that's the kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of Captain he was, that's what I was going to say, it's like, that that was was always very interesting, because they had Kirk Reckless, Picard, you know, he was a completely different type of captain, they had Jane, where he was in between Kirk and Picard, where most of the time she was about finger rules, but sometimes Jane would just be like, you know, going crazy and stuff. And then they had um, the the politics of um, Cisco, and obviously the you know the, the last captain. No, no, his name should not be named if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Pine. Well, it's funny mentioning this because they do actually do that in Strange New Worlds, sort of like the different styles between captains and. Uh, I don't know if you watch Strange New Worlds, but they actually touched on that the season finale for the first mm. season. Like, uh, it's sort of like a what if episode, but instead of Marvel, it's Star Trek. So it's basically, I don't know if you've watched Strange New Worlds, so what I can say about it, but they basically do like a different captain, captain styles between, well, Kirk and, and someone else, and Pike in this case. So they do touch on that. I'll leave it at that. So it's, it's interesting you that up. Who's you guys' favorite captain? Ah, I knew that question was coming. Andrew? I prefer that to you first. Uh, Andrew? I don't know. I don't... I mean, it's tough. I mean, he wasn't captain the whole time, but I do like... I guess maybe because I'm partial to DS9, I like Cisco, but maybe that's because I mm-hmm. like DS9 as a show. So... DS9 is like show. my second favorite. I like the whole Shades of Grey type of thing where it's not just, mm-hmm. oh, Federation good and these guys bad. It's sort yes. of like you know, that kind of, and Cisco kind of fit that. There were things that he did in that show that were sort of morally kind of, you know, is that right thing to do? Like, um, what was it in the Pale of Moonlight, I think was the episode where he did things that weren't really on the up and up, but he did them. I think I know the episode you're talking about. Yeah, because of the War of the Dominion and he had to kind of do them. So that's why I kind of like that show. And there were also a lot of story arcs. The show was maybe a little bit ahead of its time, you know, nowadays, most ser- most programs are kind of like, oh, there's this overall story arc, and we're what episode follows the next, follows the next. It's not standalone episodes. DS9 was kind of a little bit ahead of that in terms of doing these like story arcs, and some long story arcs instead of just being like standalone episodes and then maybe a cliffhanger or two here or there. So I guess I'm more partial to that, and that's maybe why I, maybe partial to Cisco because of that. But I, the captains all have their pros and cons. Uh, the original series is more about it was a different time in real life and it was about the power trio so it was like why are they on the uh way you know team all the time shouldn't they be on the ship it doesn't make sense but you know you, you can't fault them for having what worked at the time so i guess that's what it was so but uh again that's what partial to is i guess cisco so oh andrina man that's isn't it you're just gonna say janeway yeah. aren't you I'm going to say Janeway, but that's because because she had the the perfect balance. I mean, because she had the perfect balance of being somebody who was ethical and could be diplomatic, but also who would just throw caution to the wind and be like, you just didn't know what she was going to do. It would just be like, 
that's it. I'm going in. Like, she just had that. So that's why I liked her. You know, I just thought she was that, that kind of perfect. Like most of the time she was on the ship. And for me, being on the ship is very important. Okay. You can't say you're running the ship if you're not on the ship. Okay. Sure. And once in a while, she do an away mission, which is fine. You know, so I quite, I, I like that about her basically. So yeah, that that's Janeway for me. What I about know. you, Jason? Yeah, I got, I'm kind of split between. I mean, I do love that power trio, but because I think I'm more in. I know I'll give you who the best captain is, but I do. I've got to say, I do more enjoy that little dynamic between Spock, McCoy, and the council he kept. And uh, oh, it was, you know, it was always Kirk was was listening between the logic of Spock and the heart of McCoy, and then he would make that third choice. So he he had his counsel, but again, he he just went on a, wherever there was a green skinned girl and an away machine, he would be down there. <laughs> Ryan, but yeah. it was a different time, and it, it was just fun watching. Well, that was that was Riker in it. That was basically Riker. Well, that All was basically Riker. Riker. Well, yeah, initially, Riker. but then they kind of you know made his character a little bit more fleshed out instead of just yeah. like you know like a Kirk S character. He's just actually mm-hmm. got like like a backstory and more to his characterization than just you know going after the women on the, yeah my mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. Uh, I, the I'm to bring home i guess what my favorite captain i have to probably say i mean even though i really do love it still i think the originals are my favorite however the best captain i think it's good is john card for me i think because is he John Luke Picard. Oh, Picard. Picard's your favorite. Okay. I think it is because he was just doing a captain's job, as in every problem was like a, it's not the most exciting, but it was, you know, a roundtable conference where they were dealing with probably real problems, relatively speaking, as in, or how do we get around this anomaly? Or how do we get out of this trap? Or how do we, or negotiating like diplomacy? So, he kept a bigger council when in the decision making in the loop. He had his counselor, the doctor, the engineering, security, uh, Riker. He basically would have that ready room or that round conference room. And it was how you make a very big decision. And it wasn't done lightly. He stayed with the ship um, because he was the, the least exciting, almost, because of a captain. But he was the best captain for me because I think. I think because of the his diplomacy and it, it seemed more to what a captain would have to, to be in that time or in that circumstance for me. In that he's exploration not, he's, scene. He's not yeah. my favorite captain, but he is the best captain for real. Yeah, the he best is, captain. Because, because because of the fact that he exactly as you've said, he is the captain that did things the way that they were meant to be done, you know. And that after you know four seasons of Kirk doing whatever he wanted to do. You know, it, it, it's it's a breath of it's a little bit like okay, cool. This is this is how it's meant to be done, basically. Um, but yeah, so he he definitely had that basically. So yeah, and, and he was very like torn in particular at that moral question of the way to go a bit more deeper, as in what is the right thing to do. And then even he would say, you know, what the rules we have in place. I've got to question, you know, our prime directive. I've got to question what actually we're doing. I don't think our policies are. You can see almost. As as the series went on, he started questioning more, you know, of maybe in different circumstances in different parts of the galaxy, we our rules are, are really lacking. And I, I think one, you know, one of those standout episodes is um, 
when they were trying and uh, data and was on trial because they wanted basically a, a data oh, measure of a man, yeah, measure of a man, and basically it's him uh, making a, a case for what are the policy of where the direction we're going. I don't like the direction that we're going. Where mm. if you want to make uh, data who we see as an individual, you want to make a whole race of them. Then what are you making? Then you're making um, a race in the service sector, and that's basically like slavery again. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is federation really just going so he'd had to so you can see it's all philosophy of where what the institution is working with and uh, the decisions he made and um, you could see an evolution in his character for sure when he's more by the book and very straight laced than become his own man so as the best not my favorite but I definitely I think for me as best captain the best captain and you, you get to like him yeah, yeah, you, you do like him I mean, I think that question of what is a man or what makes a human was also posed even by 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 Janeway when it came to the EMH. We had that. Oh, the holograms. The holograms. Yes. And funnily enough, we actually had that same episode of an entity in space actually was also in Voyager as well. Which I that that's kind of what that remind that that kind of what that reminded me of. But coming back to Picard now, another episode which I thought was quite interesting of him as a person was the episode where which you know because we came kind of came full circle with Wesley. But in the very beginning it was that entity. I don't know if you guys remember it was the entity was that like, maybe that the fourth episode or something. And the entity came and the entity was able to kind of change like basically you could what you thought could be created oh. in real reality quickly. He was the yeah, traveler the traveler, exactly. And the oh, traveler the said, traveler. Yes, and the traveler was like, We're interested in Wesley because you know, basically he could be us in the future. And then a man that didn't like children put that 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 kid onto the bridge in order to almost fulfill his destiny. And I thought that was just quite interesting that he did that because you didn't expect him to be that guy because he was so stand up and so doing the right way, and he bent the destiny of all things. So yeah, I just I always thought that was quite interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, what what I could, could touch upon also? I mean, what did you think of the films um, just overall? You know, of course, the series ended TNG and it finished in a really nice way. I kind of feel this season three is basically the sequel to um, All Good Things. The that series end. The film like is kind of like thing, yeah, so, yeah it, it's here where the characters started in the film. They kind of like. Card now becoming a bit more like Kirk, quite honestly, and it bare chested taking on the Borg, single handedly losing emotionally, just losing his um, losing his shit, like saying, ah, oh, you know, the line stops here. Exciting, I like first contact. It's very good. It's a good rip roaring, space faring, you know, kick ass diehard, you know, um, episode. But it is and it's satisfying. <laughs> the characters are totally. It's a different philosophy that you could have grown up with, if where the next generation were, they were kind of, let's consider the pros and cons, and then we'll make a decision. And it was like that. And that was a bit, I mean, with the films, you kind of feel it all went, you know, very much. Well, I will say this is that if nothing else, uh, the Picard series and then other things in the Star Trek uh, franchise uh, have kind of given, maybe it's too strong a way to put it, but a Star Trek nemesis has been kind of given its due in hindsight. Like, still not you know, necessarily the best film, but in terms of like what happens in terms of the franchise as a whole and how important that film is, 
it's been kind of given its due. It's like when it came out, it's sort of like this film's kind of like, eh. But it's been kind of given its due in terms of like, you know, the whole canon and the whole franchise in terms of like development of Picard. Picard regards to Data and Picard regards to the, the Romulans. Like, like, why does he feel so bad? You know, when what happens to yeah. Romulus happens. It's because of he stuff was- that happens at the end of Nemesis. Because he suddenly right. feels like hopeful that like, and th- well, that combined with other things that happened earlier, but the idea of like, oh, we can help the Romulans and get them to be closer to the Federation, and then you know, Romulus gets destroyed, and it's like, oh, guess not. So, uh, but it's been given, given kind of its due. Uh, on the other hand, something like uh, Insurrection uh, wasn't necessarily the worst necessarily, but it's sort of like. You know, it doesn't really do much. It's sort of like an episode, an episode that day, two to two hour episode that doesn't really mean much in terms of like the whole franchise. You kind of skip yeah. it almost, if not for the yeah. whole Riker and Troy getting back together. But other than that, it's sort of like it doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, I think there are a couple of nods to it in Picard, but other than that, it's not really like the most significant in terms of like the franchise. So that's just something I've. Andrina, what, um, the films, or you know, did you? Um, do you know what? It, um, um, I, I saw all the films, um, and I think I liked the one which I forget which one it was. Now I liked um, the one with I think the one with the Romulan, you know, the one you guys mentioned, and also no. I liked the one Stranger with the whale, you know, where they the, the whale one where oh Star Trek um, Four, that that's the yeah, um, they, yeah that that actually got a shout out on the part. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. they one. see the ship, the bounty. Yeah, oh. yeah, and I, I, and I generally prefer, actually, fun enough. I I love Kirk's films. Kirk, like those films. Those ones. I just thought, yeah, yeah man, like that film wise, they did it. If that makes sense, they I, they really they, did it. For they me. felt like proper films, as in proper. Yeah. It, you know, they, uh, they 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 made it to the upgrade of you know, as in a a, a great standalone films or a series and. Some yeah. good character work in there. The the TNG films kind of a mixed bag. I, I mean, like I said, I like. Yeah. But uh, the, I gotta say, Picard, this uh, beginning season, it felt like oh, this is good. It felt like Wrath of Khan uh, vibes to me. Quite honestly, it felt like there's a big ship. We're gonna go after it, and then they get stuck in this kind of like some drama yeah. around the nebula, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, are we doing this? And we thought, okay, it's nice, but. We kind of done it. I, fair enough. If you're going to go out like this, but then he just completely did a pivot to conclude it, where you know they parted ways, and then you had this uh, entity that they discovered along the way, and it's like, oh, this. So it kind of like, oh, we're on TNG territory, but good TNG territory. So um, overall, I kind of it just just basically arched over movies, series, characters. Um, for this show in ten episodes, I think it I think it course corrected a heck of a lot in the previous two seasons or yeah. forgot about them and gave them a great send-off, quite honestly. I mean when you see that ship come out, it was maybe a bit fan servicey, but you can almost say it's like, well, they know they're fans, and I think um, you know, like how do you get the Enterprise D or whatever out of space or call? And why are we using it again? But it's well, beautiful but- scenes though. If you think about it, the whole fleet museum is a fan service museum. Well, this, it's it's, like, it's it like, felt a bit like that. You have Voyager, <laughs> you, have, you have this, and then you have the Enterprise oh, yeah. uh, D. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It um it yeah. But it kind of like I, I, it built up enough goodwill for me to like, you know what, let's just go with it at this point. I mean, it was it was it was quite quite enjoyable watching and emotional. Um and, yeah, I sorry, quite Andrew. I quite like the fact that they, they treat um the characters as such legends. It's something that they could have almost ignored and just made them, you know, a normal admiral or normal this or normal that. But they really treat them with the characters with that kind of the respect that the fans give the, the those those particular characters. So I, I really like that. What did you guys think about the ending of, of for all the characters and where, you know, the kind of the arc and where the arc went to? Did you did you guys enjoy it? Agree with it? What, what were your thoughts? Um, uh, Andrew. Uh, yeah, because uh, I mean, it's kind of like mixed because it kind of felt like there were certain things that felt a little bit rushed almost because it felt like if you look at, it, you know, the bookends, you have the poker game and all that, that that's great. But I also felt that it was a little bit rushed in terms of like, mm-hmm. you know, certain things that were alluded to or things that were mentioned earlier. And then it's sort of like, well, what happens to the rest of these changelings? You know, apparently there's all these changelings in the Alpha Quadrant. What, what's going to mm-hmm. happen to them? Uh, or what happens to, I guess her name is Laris. I don't remember the woman that Picard is supposed to be with no. uh, at the beginning of the season. And she's appeared in the earlier two seasons. So, and what happens to all these other characters? So, mm. I think they were trying to do something that kind of thematically tied into the next generation and having them play poker together and having Picard be the one to suggest playing poker. Whereas before it's like, well, I guess I'll join the poker game. Like, now he's like the one who's like, yeah, let's play poker. I'm really good at this. So kind of come full circle. But uh, I kind of felt that there were certain things that within the card series itself kind of got either just not got acknowledged or glossed over. Or maybe they'll bring them up on that spinoff that the Stingers uh, alluding to or the franchise is still going on. So I don't know. We'll see. But I kind of felt there were certain things that just didn't get touched on. And they were kind of made you go, hmm, well, what happened to this or that character? Uh, I guess they just wanted to do thematic things for the next generation rather than for the Picard series specifically. That's yeah. just, you know, what I, I kind took of, from it. There's enough Easter eggs in there where I, there's even in that museum, there's, a, oh, there's Kirk's body there. I'm thinking, huh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think I missed that Easter egg. Yeah, have a look. Oh, at yeah, that, that was in the that. section 31 based on this, or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, are we going to get a William Shatner? <laughs> he would just say, like, overtake the whole ship. But it, it's, um, I like the way, probably at the conclusion of one account, I think it, uh, data, I think actually, uh, reached quite more of a satisfying end here because <laughs> I think you'll see, I, I think it's in season one, or uh, you haven't seen it, Andrina, but. Data does make uh, an appearance there and his history and even season two, I think, in a way. Um, and it's dealt with in his own way. I won't spoil it for you. Well, However, well Ben Spiner likes to appear these as much as he wants. Yeah. As, as yeah. much as he wants. Okay. However, it doesn't always have to be the same ready. character. Just like, have to put Ben Spiner in there somewhere. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, he's so many characters. That's what's so funny. Like, do you know what I mean? He plays, he's Law, he's Soong, like he's, he's Data. He's this song, he's that song. He's, he's different members yeah. of the Sun family. It, it, was, you know I mean? like, it was good. It kind of like ultimately, because you, there is a bit of a journey in seasons one and two, but here is kind of, uh, we have this, it's not a cheat either because it's not really data it's a version or the backup version or whatever it is but also it is more as well and they kind of find a resolution with that in that body and then 
you kind of data has now almost evolved where he has a bit of law and a bit of that and he has that he can experience and He's it was like boy. you you always think oh is it going to come out really awkward because we know how data is and it's going to be too cheesy but it played it really down the middle really well and very engaging and I just like the place he's been left at uh, he's kind of like reached his almost here but not quite but then he never will but it's just as close enough as he can so it's great uh Jordi I'm glad he's he's back probably at the, at the museum and just looking off the the demorize deeds where he, he belongs uh he's happy Riker and well, I, I like Dana Troy actually did something useful at the end of seven or eight years or whatever it is, as in she kind of found where the crew was on the board. It was kind of, which which I must say that climax had a bit of Return of the Jedi kind of vibe to it. As Oh, a, yeah, where they're going through the Borg cube. It's kind of like they're going through like, the uh, it was like Death Star 2.0. Yeah, how comparison. is that ship so maneuverable? But i got to say this series did do a little of its homework, as in, when you think, instead of coming out the blue, they do hint to why this could happen. There was a bit with how comes Picard can still listen or detect the Borg, even though he had implants out. And they explain it really well here because it's, they changed their biology, which explains what happened in first contact. Said, oh, I can hear the Borg. But it's like, well, how come you didn't have anything left for you? But, you know, it, I, I like their plan. I like their plan, changing the DNA. Um is it the end of the Borg? You are talking about where our characters end up. So the Borg, I don't know. I guess they'll be back in some form, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not the last of it. They're just, you know. Uh, um, Riker and uh, Janet Troy, did they go back? I guess they, they're more closer than they were. They had a the son and they just well, they have a they have a daughter, so yeah, the son does. They can carry on making. Who we there. never saw, and she wasn't really mentioned. But oh, well, yeah, well so she appeared. She appeared in the first season. Yay! She appeared in the first season. But it's third but season, the and she wasn't. That's my point. She wasn't that old in that first season. She was like what ten or twelve. So I'm just sitting there thinking, well, right. where's the child? Who's babysitting the child? Like I don't. Well, they've got sorry. food replicators there and pizza. I'm sure she'll be fine for. I'm sure she's a week fine, or exactly. two. But, you know, like, uh, like yeah. a holodeck or hold whatever. Yeah. What, um, what did you guys? What do you guys think of 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 Wolf being so badass? He's worth. I, I, yeah. Well, he act, but but he's not because he's got he's fine fine inner peace. So mm-hmm. he's, he's like a new improve work because he's not just trying to be you know he's trying to find inner peace he's meditating he's doing stuff he's not just he was a bit like comedy relief for me honestly he wasn't kind of like he kind of like that warrior part is is gone but he probably just come up with the last the the greatest you know one line one liners you know it's like he's you know um even when he goes on on saying you know peace and meditation and then like and then he says you know we're going to be off on a on a free submission. And then Mike says, do you even hear yourself talking? And, and when he's picking up the sword, he says, my God, this is so heavy. Well, I think he was quite a source of the bit of the comic relief there, which was great. Wolf himself, I, I think he's kind of like, yeah, it's almost like a retiree, uh, but uh, didn't have that much to do as in character-wise, as in there was no arc to it, but he had some great lines, but more of a comic relief in this season, I think, with Wolf. But I'm glad he was there, but he's, it, it, you know, he's... He's like his story's already been told in the se- in, in the series itself, you know. In the, well, the I was just kind of curious about what he is in terms of like his job title or whatever, because he said something about being an intelligence officer. So is he 
because he was working, I guess, for Roe. So is he part of Section oh, 34? Or is it some other thing with Starfield? Because, I mean, what are, there's Starfield Intelligence and then there's Section 31. So is there, like, I so, guess there's a difference. Well, he was part of the, the Klingon, um, you know, warriors or something. I thought, like, his son was no, part I mean, of the Klingons. Show, he was working yeah, for us. Yeah, he seems to be working for things, but that's also surprised to me because I thought he'd moved from Starfleet and was with the Klingons now at the end of Deep Space Nine. That's what well, I thought. About happened. 20 years earlier. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know why I, I kind of expect him to still be with the Klingons, but like, After fair 20 enough, years? a long time I ago. So, I guess he yeah. doesn't. He's not like the typical Klingon, though. That's yeah. I was going to say, pretty doesn't go down. by humans. All right, fair enough. I guess he doesn't go, you know, when he's talking about peace and meditation, he doesn't go really down well when you're eating your gak or when the other Klingons saying, you know, oh, God. you find, yeah. find another table. Yeah. You know, quite honestly. You get a, the, the guy must be live. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's probably vegetarian. I, 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 I always love where, where everyone seems to have Klingon opera. So it's like, yeah, all you seem to listen to is Klingon opera. <laughs> but, but he does he does say House of Martok, so I guess he was close to that yes. family from the DS9. Mm. So, so there is that. DS9, yeah. But, but in terms yeah. of what he's doing, I think it seemed like he was part of Starfleet Intelligence, which I guess I'm confused as to what is that versus Section 31, or is that necessarily, I guess those are different things. I don't know. Two separate things, actually. I think because I think there's Starfleet Intelligence and there's actually, basically like the Telnar, you know, the Romulans, they've got the Telnar, what is it called, the Telnar Shore or whatever. Yeah, the coach, yeah. and then they've got the other secret, secret intelligence agency. And God. even us, we've got, you know, we've got, you know, you've got the FBI and you've got the CIA. Do you know, you've got to have more okay. than one secret. Well, one is domestic, agency. one is uh, international. So, but I guess I'm trying to think where that works here. Is I guess, I guess it also when, I'm, when I, the reason I keep bringing up Section 31 is because that's going to be one of the next things. You know, the one with um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's, whoever she's playing. You know, that's going to be like a direct to streaming movie. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be a movie. Now. It, 31. Yeah. So that's why I keep mentioning that. So, I mean, the, the Federation is, uh, and I mean, ultimately where the Federation is now, I, it kind of feels like very Empire ish, especially when they yeah, get. Yeah, they're not all good. They have like their dark side with the uh, Section yes. 31 and the uh, Daystrom experiment. Deep Space Nine was very key in revealing that Federation is an empire. Because I think, you know, initially the way they sold it to us, where they were this big loving community and, you know, whatever, whatever. And this is how you really saw, no, 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 they are an empire. They are co- not, not conquering as such, but pretty much. But they and they want to continue to yeah. become bigger, exactly, and all the other stuff. They are an empire, simple. So actually, you know, I think when you saw Deep Space Nine, you, I didn't think so badly of the, of the, um, the changelings of the Dominion, because you know it was just another empire. There was the Dominion Empire, there's the Romanian Empire, the Klingon Empire. Everybody wants an empire, yeah, so here we yeah. are. A so. lot of shades of grey in that in that series. As you mm. I mean, I mean, they, 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 they kind of poke at that though, because uh, yeah, there was a scene uh, with like Quark and Garrick on the DS9 where they're having like root beer, and it's like you know they're talking about root beer first, but then it's like, but yeah, this is like the revelation is that they're like, oh. Root beer starts out tasting sweet, but then it, it eventually gets onto you and you start getting addicted to it. And Garrick's like, oh, just like the Federation. It's like, are we talking about root beer? Or are we talking about the Federation? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, they're, they're, it's like, we're your friends, we come in peace. And, but it's funny because like I, I think Quark said a lot of stuff like that about the Federation. He's always saying those kind of smart little things, kind of like, yeah, it seems like the thing, but really, 
they really are like because Clark could Clark would always see you know the truth of things if that yeah. makes sense. He kept you know, a cynical eye and the glass because he saw the side, the dark, the underbelly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He really saw the exactly the underbelly of the situation. And it, I think, um, and yeah, but I think it, it's it's just it's always good to bear that in mind when you watch Star Trek. It's not well, as as sweet and I think over the years they've they've come to reveal that it's not as sweet and wonderful as we think it is basically like even in Voyager there's that one episode where um I think Janeway wanted to get some technology from an alien race which is more superior and obviously the Federation has that well we don't give alien technology away and then she saw it from the other side of how basically you're you're, you could do something to save somebody and you're not doing it because of this particular rule and stuff so yeah I think it's it's always important to know that you know, the Federation is not as squeaky clean as we'd like to think. Well, well, there's actually a reason for the Prime Directive that's actually a good one, but it's not given in Star Trek. It's actually mm. given in the Orville, which is a Star <laughs> Trek show <laughs> in all but name. Oh, yes. But they do sure. give a reason, a exactly. good reason. Exactly, and the Orville is Star Trek, time. really. Yeah. But yeah. there is a reason given for the Prime Directive in that show, only they don't call mm. it the Prime Directive, they call it something else, and it's not Star Trek. But they do give a reason for like why we, there has to be a prime directive because it's like you think you're helping someone out, but then you wind up killing them in the process. Yeah. So, so there's a reason for it. So, yeah, I actually I think I even know the episode you're talking about is the episode. Is it the one where they they keep going to this 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 place and basically time keeps traveling really fast and they, I mean what's the name was seen like an alien or something like that is that the episode you're talking about possibly? I think it's a final episode or something where where there's like this one character who appeared earlier in the show and then she comes back and she wants to help her people but then it's like well we the can't one help she, you yes out. yes so yes, I think it's, it's like the one the final where she episode. came yeah she came to steal technology. So basically, because that that particular world were once where they got they voted people in or whatever something. It's like, like, like that. a Black yeah. Mirror episode, but it's like a planet yeah, based around exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think um, Orville did a lot of those episodes that were very Black Mirror-ish. Actually, quite a lot of them were like, oh, okay, you know, it really made you. Yeah, think. Yeah, they really make well. you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In ways they, that they, they did, back, Yeah. Yeah, they did really, I mean, especially at a time, I think when, um, you know, Star Trek had really kind of, all the franchises were just not Star Trek and they were just having a laugh and a bubble. Um, the Orville really stepped in there. <laughs> like it was like, forget Star well, Trek, I'm just going to watch the You know, a huge Star Trek fan and that the reason you just said this was, you know, we don't have a Star Trek, so he, he did one, so... Um... You know, um, yeah, exactly. And he was correct because obviously, I mean, from the time, I mean, I don't know when they changed the Klingons on Discovery, I was like, are you kidding? Is this a joke or something? Like, well, it looked, like, it looked, it looked, I mean, they look, I mean, the production was all there, you know, I mean, you know, um, and it was probably prime. Jason, you can't just go change the Klingons because you feel like it. You just, you just can't do it. I'm well, sorry. I, I think, I think it was, it was like them trying to do the whole look of the Klingons thing of like, why Klingons look one way or the other. I mean, they did that on Enterprise, but I think they tried to do that here as well. It's just kind of, it just felt a little weird. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, there's that, no um, reason for it. We've already changed the Klingons from the original series. Okay, wait, wait. We've done that. We're now used to the Klingons. We even know the language. I'm just going to change them because you feel like wait. it. Initially, they were going to do this alternate reality situation. And then I read, no, nah, it wasn't an alternate reality. I was like, well, you've just mucked up. I'm out. Which, which uh, kind of like why how you deal with these big, long-running franchises when you've got this an established fan base, but then you want to appeal to a new one. Where instead of just saying, 
the uh, the old uh, value system that you know, you think belongs to another generation. Let's go after this, make it our own. Um, there's no need to do that when you can actually, if you can write well enough, weave both in, which basically happened with this this show. Um, as you said, respecting the original characters, not like other franchises. When you start working with a franchise, and, and it's often the mistake a lot of TV series make, yeah, um, they lose what was good about the series. You know, it's the same thing. It's like something was working, yeah. The fans were there. They were watching it. They were committed. They were watching everything. Then you think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna change it up a bit. And you've taken away what the fans what what the fans were watching it for in the first instance. It's like NCIS. That show doesn't change. It's one. Of the, it's the most popular show um, in America. Time and time again, it's in the top 10. It is not moving. It sticks to its formula because it knows that's what they want to see. You know, same thing with Supernatural on for 15 years because they mm. did not deviate from the formula that the fans liked. Uh, if you take on a franchise, did, you need yeah, to. That's, all of yeah. that's all the other stuff. We'll come to that. But, in, but if you take on a franchise, yeah, you cannot just. Oh, I want new, 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 new. I want to, you know, get the the fifteen to eighteen year old. You can't change it up. If you want to do that, do a different show. But you can't take an old franchise, change it up dramatically, and expect it to work because it will not. Because the old fans will reject it, um, and you probably won't even get the new fans anyway. Because essentially, it's a different show. So yeah, there, there's that. But reminds I'm going to be quite nice. Reminds and let you another Andrew fr- speak now. Well, it reminds no, no, me of another... I'm, not, I'm not gonna get into supernatural because that's a whole other topic for a whole other meetup. Was, it, was it supernatural you were talking about? Supernatural or a different show? Uh well no, it sounded like you were saying about supernatural that they kind of kept the same format for 15 years. They actually didn't, and a lot of people kind of gave them flack for that. But that's because they went through a whole bunch of showrunners over the 15 years. So uh, I think with Star Trek is you have a lot of things over a 50-year period and things that maybe worked 50 years ago aren't going to work today that's just going to be the way it is it's common sense yeah on the other hand there are certain things in the general sense that they are doing that people don't realize that they're doing and they're kind of like oh this is not star trek why are you doing this and it's like well it is star trek you're just not realizing because star trek has always been about you know diversity and doing things and thinking outside Mm -hmm. the box and and you know and and also when you look at strange new worlds there's actually uh, a character there who was actually on the original series, but only in a couple episodes, and they brought him back. And it's like, why is the doctor? You know, why is the doctor? Why? Why is this? It's like, no, it's it's actually the doctor who appeared in a couple episodes in the original series, uh, played by a different actor, obviously, because it was fifty years ago uh, in real life. So it's just, but it's always been about doing things that you know about challenging you know ways of thinking. And, and that people need to realize that that's the way the Star Trek is. Uh, it's not just about being the same or doing things like the norm. It's about, you know, being more accepting of other people and other w- ways of thinking and other races and other cultures and other that. that that's Star Trek. And that's what makes Star Trek Star Trek. Uh, so, so it is about doing things that are the same kind of way, but in terms of concept and in terms of what the franchise is about. And it's not just about doing things this way constantly. It's, 
you know, but at the same I, time, I think, there's actually certain things that they are doing. I think it's more of the continuity issue. I think that that's what I think people yeah, are trying to. I was going to say that. I yeah. think it has to keep within its own internal logic, even if it's over fifty. Exactly. You can't, can't you can't change. change the law. You got you can't change your own law, and you know, do you know what I mean? Like you cannot change your own law. You have to like if you're saying you know the sky's red then the sky is red you can't just make it pink one day that's just not how this goes <laughs> or if you're gonna change it then keep to some and i think yeah. that's what star trek differs let's say from other franchises it has it will the good episodes or the good films explain their logic why this is working yes. or they put the new the new um explanation in, which i think they did with car they you know the how they biologically change um, you know, a Borg victim, and that's how, you, even without implants, you can still detect them. These little details, they you, when you pay attention to the details, they pay dividends with with this, especially the fan base with Star Trek specifically. I to think. be to be fair, even even season one, which I originally watched season one when season one first came out, and I was like, and I watched like the the beginning of it, and I was like, this is not Star Trek. I'm out. But actually, when I was kind of thinking, right, let me watch, you know, season one, season two, season three, so I can prepare for this, uh, you know, this moment here. I actually enjoyed season one. Like, actually, I thought it was quite good. So I didn't, I don't know if that's because I had, I had kind of, you know, removed myself from thinking it was, I don't know. Hey, but season I actually one just, of I uh, which it. one? Which, which, which one? So you said season, season one. one. Oh, for Picard. Se- yeah, Picard season oh, one. Oh, season yeah. one, Picard, okay. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it, you know, and and I was surprised, but I did, and I'm I'm actually, you know, when I, when I, you know, I'm going to watch season one, I'm going to watch season two as well because yeah, I thought they did well, and I also that whole android question, I just think is actually really interesting that mm. the whole, especially the way that our world is going, um, and stuff, and I do I do appreciate what you're saying about the fact that Star Trek has always been about diversity and things like that, and I think even just looking about that, how do we think that Picard three handle diversity i i kind of think it you mean like of, in universe or in terms of real life are you talking about Klingon yeah, diversity? No, so in terms of in terms of within the within the universe i guess mm-hmm. I, within the universe it's because it becomes such a non-issue it doesn't even come as a I talking mean, point, it's just like a, this natural subject. Even like, say, they were there was a lot of flack at the time, but in the original series, you'd see a little passing shot of uh, one of a male member in a dress, and you think, ah, oh, why is he? But then, it, but in the show itself, they don't even mention it. It's just a passing uh, image, and it's not even talked about. Um, Jordi LaForge, I think the race wasn't even an issue. It was more like. He's blind. He's how the can visor, they? Yeah. How can yeah? With the visor, you know, it's like it was more like disability than how that is. Initially, it, when the next generation came out, it was like, oh, what well, this is? This is very very PC show. But then it's with the character writing and the uh, advantages of the uh, the advantages of having a visor and the spectrum you can look at, and it's like you it it it, it took its time, but I I think. It wasn't anything you dwell on too much because it's such a non-issue at that point. So um, you go into more moral questions, but maybe put it in a veneer of alien races and give them that format. If you're going to talk about real-world issues, um, they, so I, I, I kind of, I, I think TNG treated it well. Original series treated it 
quite well as well. I, it, despite being in the 60s, it, it, it knew the world. I mean, Gene Rodin knew the world. This We're going to be so far ahead in that point. There's no point even talking about it as a, it's not our problems, as it were. But they, they'd put those problems on the planet that they're visiting of the week, but put it in the guise of different aliens or, you know, you know half of them. Yeah, there's actually, the um, there's actually something that he touches on no, it's not so much diversity per se, but it's the idea of, uh, you know, was this the right thing to do in terms of uh, introducing the virus that infected mm. the Great Link? I mean, that was, again, Section 31, but the idea that this was an organization that was basically part of the Federation and was that a good idea for them to do that. And, you know, again, was that within the ideals of the Federation or was that within my personal ideal as John Luke Picard or? Picard the synth, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but it does something that he brings up. It's not really addressed again too much because they have so much else thing going on. Uh, and Vladek and the rest of them take over the ship and, and a whole bunch of other things happen. But it is something that it's introduced and I thought they would follow up on it within this season at least. I mean, but uh, they didn't really follow up on it too much because I guess they had too many other things to deal with, taking the ship back and all that. But the idea of is the Federation above doing certain things like infecting this whole race with this virus, you know, mm. killing them off, you know, at what point do we draw the line and say, you know, we're not going to go past this boundary, even if it means potentially our own survival. And what are we surviving for? So it does bring up certain points. I just wish they maybe followed up on that. So. Uh, Andrina, what do you think? I mean, what's, I mean, we'll pose a question back to you. What, what's your kind of like take on? I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking specifically about Picard. I mean, I think Star Trek's always done well with those kind of moral questions, actually, in terms of not so much necessarily how they've handled it, but or the, how the Federation have handled it, but definitely in terms of putting it into our minds, the question, like, should you, you know, should you kill a whole race just to save yourselves kind of situation? Um, so I think they've already done done well in that. I mean, I think with Deep Space Nine, Cisco not being a captain, yeah, I felt that was a bit of a thing. And I think when I was watching this Picard, um, I thought, you know, I mean, I, I actually wanted to look at it from a, from a diversity perspective. And I just thought, um, are the diverse characters as ahead as the other characters? And that's kind of one of the questions I, I kind of thought. But then I was looking, I was like, okay, so Tuvac, Tuvac was a commander now he's a captain. Okay, that makes sense because Riker was a commander and Riker's also a captain. So I guess it was okay. But I mean, I think it's because Wolf, I didn't really know what Wolf's title was. I just felt because there was no, that like maybe, I think the last time we saw Geordie, Geordie was a captain because I remember there, there was a time he was in, in the Voyager and he was a captain then. And I just thought, um, you know, nobody was an admiral. You know, just just things like that. But I'm not I sure think, if that I think was... Wolf may have been captain of the Enterprise E for a time. I think who was that, a, a captain of the Enterprise? Uh, no, I think Worf may have been uh, captain of the Enterprise E for a time because when yeah. they mentioned something about the Enterprise E getting destroyed or something bad it happening, crashed, everyone yeah. looks at Worf and it's like it wasn't my fault. Was that my something fault? Like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I I might have missed that, but even then, you know, we're now on admiral stages. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. Picard's an admiral, Janeway's an admiral. Should Cisco not be an admiral now? Maybe you know. Just, Cisco, just, Cisco's just, in the Cisco became he went uh, into he went he went he, yeah he went to the i mean he's not going to stay there forever i mean he's got um his woman waiting for him to come back you know in, in, in the 
He's, he's, he's with the wormhole well, anyway. He went to the wormhole, but he's not going to stay in the wormhole forever. He's got to come. It's been twenty. How many years is it? Been? He's going to come back from the wormhole. He's got a woman waiting but, for but him. But he like his, his his body died or something when he was fighting Dukat, and then he became like part of. Like he said that he's not really alive, but he's like with the wormhole prophets, whatever. But I expect him to come back from that situation and, you know, live a normal... I don't, I don't know. Well, well, but... the, the, that's, in real life, I think Avery Brooks is retired or something. Maybe. Maybe. I'm sure, I'm sure that's what... But we, we could have had a man, Shinobin. Yeah. Shinobin, I... he was the first black captain in the end. Do you know what I mean? We could have said a mention. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I would think like... it'd be great if he could come back, but I think I think every books is, like, retired or something. Maybe. And and I, and it's funny you mentioned all this, because when people were sort of theorizing what was going on was the season was progressing, they were thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, Big Bad is going to be, you know, like, you have to change things. Yeah. But the one that they're talking to is, like, going to be the Pa Rates. And then it turns out mm. to be the board. Mm. Not the people were disappointed by that, but it's like that I guess been, that would have been quite interesting as well. Actually. I think the board have more of a direct connection to Picard. And I think that's why they went that way rather than the Pa Rays, because then it's like, well, who are the Pa Rays? You know, we're not dealing with Bajorans here. They make sense if you're dealing with Bajor, but I, I think from a thematic perspective, that's why they went with the board rather than anyone else, including the Pa Rays. I guess they're too tied to Bajor, but again, this is just all theories. It, it is a, I mean, I think, a series I, called Picard at the end of the day, so it had to be. Yeah, it's, not, not, it's not a Star Trek Bajor. Yeah, Star yeah. Trek and series. also, I, I, the enemy, I'm not, I mean, my only thing about the, the, the Borg is the fact that we, we, we can't, the, the, the Borg seems to be the ultimate big bad, even though Jayway did kick their asses. But, uh, but I think they had to go for the Borg anyway because of you know Picard's history they had to close that off basically for him not to be so afraid anymore and you know there was just so much that happened I mean that that thing still haunts him you know so it really had to really close that circle you know from all that blame that he's experienced from you know that one time they took him over and everything um so yeah and also with the changeling thing I mean to be fair I mean I, I still think you know the changeling thing I'm not sure was the most logical thing i guess only because i'm thinking let's say so a fraction deviated went away and I, then i, kind I was of think, even thinking about yeah. the capture of that that fraction where do they capture well, these people i, I like them as a villain i just all. i just wish they had more like time to really explain like how they're going to deal with it because it's like you know that's why i feel like the ending kind of felt rushed it's like okay well you have these change things so are all throughout the federation the posting as these prominent figures that's something pretty big. You have to deal with that. And now it's like, okay, Dr. Crusher found a way. Poof. You know, but and they're not gonna get and then and, then, and that's and that's assuming they take a transporter. Do you know what I mean? If I was a changer, I'd be like, well, I'm not gonna take a transporter then. I just take a, shuttle. Gonna, you know, take a shuttle. Take a shuttle or shuttle. something else. <laughs> exactly. I you know, there was just no real okay, sure. They um yeah, I I I think um they could have had a plan. I, I it's just something they could have kept for another not being died off or killed off completely and they could have had their own it just two plans happening at the same time i don't we yeah i'm not convinced the board really needed them but it was you know it was yeah plan and they and had the, their own and, plan and and, and 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 the change things are still against solids and the borg actually are solids yes so i was a bit like 
why are you working with these people? Like for real. Well, do they necessarily know they're dealing with the Borg? Because they they keep talking to this image, but do they know it's the Borg or they kind of? Well, if they went, they went and stole DNA from. Oh right, right, right. Okay, because I was kind of like after a child, which is since your child off the Borg, they need to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think they have to be working. I guess because I don't consider the Borg as like their own thing, not necessarily solid. Yeah, but 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 we know what the Borg are getting from it. But what are the what are the the I, changes? I, I, just okay, revenge. They're destroying, destroying the Federation. The revenge. Destroying the Federation. Revenge. That's it. Pure revenge. Pure, revenge. pure, pure Wrath of Khan territory there. Yeah, that, at least Vladik, that's what she's getting is revenge. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she'd probably have her own, you know, area to live in and the Borg would give that bonus. But I, I got to say, that series, like, to bookend Picard and the TNG, I got to say it's well done. Great. Yeah. I don't want to see another season as good as this season is. I don't want to see another one. I think they've been, it's very rare. Well, there's we a spin-off. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a spin-off. We saw the spin-off. Yeah, because we see Jack and the uh, Q. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. And do you know what? True. I'm going to enjoy that. And so, Captain Seven. Yeah, Captain <laughs> Seven. Love Captain and, Seven. And I guess like, Rafi is uh, the first officer. And- yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna like, do you know what it is? Because, uh, you know, I remember Seven from the beginning, she was always troubled, so it's really going to be beautiful. And to be fair, all three Catholic. of them are troubled, yeah. yeah. And also, I'm also interested to see Jack get together with LaForge's daughter with Sydney and stuff. Like, yeah, man, I think <laughs> so. Out of 10, what would you guys give um Picard season three? A wolf, all right. Um, all right, sorry, I gotta say. Just on this season alone, I, I wasn't season. a fan of seasons one or two. Honestly, I was ready just to start watching. At that point, I just did, didn't think they just lost their way. I think on this one, definitely a nine out of ten. I got to okay. say, it's very rare that you get, I think, credit due to uh, Terry Metalis, I think, is the writer and director of some of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, to weave legacy characters when I've seen other franchises drop the ball so heavily with legacy characters. <laughs> no, I think we know what we're yeah, I know we were about. talking about one, yeah. Um, I think um, this is great. This just puts them, you know, I can see you have a future again. Um, I know this, This it just puts it in a good place considering such a turnaround. I think they basically rectified a lot of errors, observed a lot of things that had to be observed put it in a place that you think, hey, this is Star Trek again. And I think that's been missing a lot as a recognizable entity. So, yeah, definitely high nines. The nine point something out of ten for me. Nice. Andrew? Uh, it's kind of tough because I, I feel like the ending was kind of rushed and I felt I felt like a lot of the season was pretty good and I liked a lot where it was going. I just feel like the ending was kind of rushed, so maybe like a 7.5, maybe. Like, if, like, they had a more of a complete ending, then I would have probably given it higher. Uh, but the parts that work well work very well, but I, I just felt like they rushed a little things. Maybe they'll address it on the spinoff. I don't know. We'll see. 7.5. Andrina, your score. I'd give it an 8, because I agree they did really well with the characters. Um, and But I think I'd, I'd give it an 8 just because some of the inconsistencies for me um you know just things that 
posed questions for me that I like no 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 you should like don't put it in if you're gonna you know that those kind of things but other than that I really enjoyed it yeah um and I was rooting for them and I would that the music alone was just like old the old Star Trek music that just got you going and you know they they created that tension in terms of wanting the characters to get together I liked how they split it up first of all with Raffian and and Wolf working together and then you know and you were just thinking okay when are these two factions going to meet to meet and when are they going to like do you know what I mean like get back to and also I love the introduction of the new characters Jack I thought it was amazing I've watched him he really reminded me of Kirk um and um but in, in a different kind of way I you know Sydney I really liked um LaForge's Daughters was great for me um Raffi I've always loved it. I liked some from when season one was on so, and you know seven and nine I mean seven and nine I mean who does who, what's not to like to be fair so yes I thought I thought it was good yeah, I agree. Um, seven and nine, I wasn't that liking her that much in Picard one mm-hmm. or two, but in but the ones that made you teary, the most emotional scene is 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 in that in that in this final season where uh, she's sure is just giving this recommendation to her, and it was like that's mm-hmm. like oh, of a person I didn't really like in this season for her to get the most emotional over when she's told that you know um, Shaw's giving such a recommendation despite her thinking she's just going to be fired. Uh, it was like quite a payoff and you know of that uh, Rafi I wasn't a fan of but she worked really well with Wolf on this and kind of developed the did. character much more not such a victim all the time but came of her own agencies and a bit more focused you know it's not just an addict problem but this is some great so great a lot of, I like it, both you said a lot of inconsistencies which I think just have come out of even strangely the previous two seasons so here they you just have to forget about it just to get on with this. Like, what two seasons? Season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, just like, if, you, if you're going to watch Picard, just, and you like the TNG, just start with season three and end with season three, and, and you'll love it. And some great feels. And you can say fan service, you can always say customer service with um, the Enterprise getting on that deck. And it's kind of like, just, you know, there's some things in you, just give you a good, gooey uh, feeling. Despite how they get there, it is, um, you know, a great send off as any cast can get on, quite honestly. Uh, and that's it. I think we both we all kind of fun enjoyed this season, so um, that's great. And yeah. I think we'll end it uh, there. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you, Andrina. Thank you. It was great to talk to you guys. Oh, great to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll see you uh, next time. Thanks. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.